Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a great story of revenge against a Christmas party. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, use my email as your spam dump. Prepare to be carpet bombed. One day, many years ago, I got an email addressed to someone who had the same first initial and last name as I do. For the purpose of this story, I'll call him G-Man. As with anyone who uses a common email address, think first initial plus last name, you sometimes get an email that isn't meant for you. It was mostly incidental things like receipts and the occasional personal email. I was chalking them up to being a data entry error. Perhaps they misheard the email address and instead of typing in gclastname at gmail.com, they typed in glastname at gmail.com. No big deal. In the cases where I could, I'd politely reply to the sender and let them know that I wasn't the intended recipient and to please let G-Man know that he's giving out the wrong email address going forward. It was never successful. I'd still get emails for G-Man, and it was for things that I think you'd want to receive, like order receipts or something that had a confirmation number attached to it. I tried to track down G-Man, but to no avail. There were multiple G-Man last name on social media, so I could never 100% confirm which one it might have been. And so this went on and on for years, until finally one day, I got a personal email address to G-Man that referenced the company he worked for. Ah, now I had something. I looked him up. It turns out that G-Man is the systems manager at said company. His LinkedIn bio says that he's an IT professional. That's interesting. I find his company email and forward him the email, also advising him that the other addresses he's using is attached to another person, and it would be great if he could be more mindful of what he's typing in or giving out. Again, I was polite in my request to him. He replied and apologized. I thought, it's finally over. But it wasn't over. Oh no, far from it. The emails I received that were addressed to G-Man actually began to increase in volume. Now I'm getting emails from mailing lists and account signups and all sorts of other crap. This guy, this so-called IT professional, is clearly using my email address as his spam dump knowing that it went to an actual person. I would have to sort through dozens upon dozens upon dozens of emails daily as a result of this and as we all know, once you're on one mailing list you tend to end up on a lot more mailing lists. By now, I've decided that clearly this clown is deliberately being a jerk, so it's gloves off and game on. I decide to extract revenge at any opportunity. It started out simple enough. If I got an account sign up, I'd click the link to verify it, and then promptly log in and deactivate the account. It worked for a bit, but then there would be another sign up, so I got more creative. I'd log into the account, change all the information, and most importantly, the password. Usually to something like, I am a gigantic jerk, which would leave the account active, but totally inaccessible since any attempted password recovery sent the email to my account, which was then promptly ignored and deleted. Hotel booking? 
I'd log on and cancel it the day before he was due to arrive. I'm guessing he never got noticed though since it was all coming to my email. Basically anything I could do that would inconvenience G-Man, I would do it. This back and forth continued on for years. In fact, I still occasionally get emails for the guy. Then one day, it happened. I got an email receipt for an order that G-Man had placed. It had the recipient's name and address, but more importantly, it had G-Man's address on it. Cue up, I've got a golden ticket. I finally had the means of the ultimate revenge. I took his address and I signed him up for everything I could find. Free samples, i.e. adult diapers, feminine products and lube, catalogs, normal, not so normal, and raunchy. I spent an entire day finding anything I could enter his address into and dutifully filled it out. But the coup de gras, the cherry on top, I signed G-Man up for every sample I could. Then I found another site offering the same thing and I did it again, and again, and again, until the point where I literally lost track of how many free flooring samples I signed him up for. My guess, it was easily in the hundreds, if not thousands. I literally carpet-bombed G-Man. Coincidentally, the email volume certainly decreased. I never heard from G-Man either. Maybe he deleted my initial email and forgot. Or maybe he was buried under all those flooring samples. Either way, I'm sure once they started to arrive, he realized his mistake. I bet that to this day, he still gets items delivered to that address. You know, now that OP posted the story, I'm surprised that not more people have done revenge kind of like this. I remember a number of years back, I was studying digital design, and part of it involved physical printing processes and the different types of printing processes, lithography, letterpress, things like that, and we were encouraged to get hands-on samples, so I reached out to a number of companies, and they all were sending samples for free of business cards, very ornate letterpress wedding cards, and I filled all of those sample requests out exactly one time, They would send little things in the mail for years. So I'm sure this guy is having fun trying to track down and cancel all of these things. It's one thing to have to just delete an email, but when you have cartons of actual physical mail to deal with, it's mighty annoying. Our next story is a lawyer's petty revenge on a sovereign citizen. I run across sovereign citizens now and again, the kind that like to file bonus legal documents filled with Latin phrases and notarized with a red seal to make everything official. These guys think legal terms are like incantations or spells. If you just say the right thing in a document, your legal problem magically disappears. Lawyers and judges hate these guys. They're super annoying. Years ago, I broke one of my rules and took on a case for a friend. It was a family estate squabble, and my client's brother owed him money. The Sovset brother got his greedy hands on his father's money outside of the estate process by getting himself made joint with his elderly father on some bank accounts. Pulling that stunt is a no-no in Canada, definitely frowned upon by the courts, but so far as Subsitman was concerned, it was finders keepers all the way and his father's will be danged. I sent Subsitman a letter demanding that he pay, and he stuck to the Subsit playbook. He paid my client with a check. The check was not your normal check drawn on an actual bank account. Instead, it was some weird bullcrappy thing that he got off the web. The bank the check was drawn on didn't exist and the check had all kinds of strange wording and fine print on the back. The thing about these Sobsit guys is that they have no notion of the consequences of the bogus documents and bad advice they get off the web. 
Southside man made a huge mistake by sending me the bogus check. Can I cash this? My client said when I showed him the check. I said go for it, but tell the bank in advance that you know it won't clear so that they won't think you're pulling a scam. So my client cashes the check and of course, it bounces with extreme prejudice. After the check bounced, we sued the brother for the money he stole from the estate. It was a short, simple lawsuit, just a few pages along. We served the brother at the house he owed, free and clear thanks to the money he stole from the estate. The guy had 30 days to defend, and on day 30 I got his defense filled with the usual sob sit nonsense. The defense also had a huge mistake in it, one of the biggest I've ever seen, and I've been doing this a long time. Sovsit man started harassing me and my staff. He sent emails, he sent letters, he left voicemail messages. He came by the office uninvited demanding to see me and making threats. He kept it up until the cops said they'd arrest him if he came by again, but... but Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. By then, it was time for his court date. So I'm in court, asking for judgment, and the Sovsit genius is there, talking his legal babble, saying words he doesn't understand. The judge shuts him down after about 10 seconds and gave my client judgment. Sovsit man has a meltdown and is escorted out of the courthouse. Of course, he appeals, but I don't care, because of the mistake the guy had made right out of the gate. His mistake was serious and fatal. I don't know about other countries, but in Canada, if someone gives you a check and it fails to clear, you can sue for that. All you have to do is prove that a check written to you bounced and that's all you need. The court will give you judgment. So when Sovsit Man sent my client the bogus check, he handed my client an airtight cause of action, an easy win of a lawsuit, and of course I pounced on it. When Sovsit Man's check bounced, my client sued him for that too in a separate legal proceeding that we started on the same day as the estate case. The two claims looked almost identical, at least on the front page. My client's name was the same, the defendant's name was the same, and the court file number was identical but for the final digit. When we served Sovsit Man with claim 1, the estate claim, we also sued him on claim 2, the bad check claim. I think he thought that the second claim was just a copy of the first because he only defended the estate action. On the bad check case, he didn't defend and I had default judgment after 30 days. So a few months later, Sovsit Man wants to negotiate. He's feeling magnanimous, he says, and even though the estate case is under appeal, an appeal he said he was sure to win, he was willing to throw his brother a bone. He'd pay, but nowhere near the amount of the judgment. It was then that I let him know that we'd sued twice and that I had a judgment in the second action as well as the first, and that now the man's home was totally tied up with the writs I filed. You better hope you win that appeal, I said to him, because you're literally betting your house on it. 
So Sid Man did his usual meltdown thing, but once he was finished with the screaming and the threats, he had a bit of a come-to-Jesus moment. We settled with him, sort of. He paid back all the money he stole from the estate, plus all my clients' legal fees, plus some more, just for being a bit of a jerk and a sovereign citizen to boot. Later that year, he was at my client's house for Christmas dinner. Go figure, families can be pretty weird. I mean, kudos for them being able to reconcile after having a difference like that in their lives. I would just never believe anything was genuine from Sov Sitman ever again. But I suppose you could still go to a family event with them as long as you don't invest too much of your personal effort into them. Our next story is Make My Life Harder For No Reason? Two can play at that game. So a bit of background first. I work as a handyman slash builder. Today's job, dig up some turf from somebody's back garden and wheelbarrow it around to the front of the house, down the drive, and into the skip across the road. While I was doing that, another building company came to the house to take down an old pergola. They showed up in a pickup, which they parked right across the entrance to the drive. I was wheeling some turf out as they arrived, so I asked the driver if he wouldn't mind pulling back a couple of feet so I could get past. Rather than just pulling back, he got out, looked at the front of his truck, shrugged and just said, Nah, you got plenty of space, mate, and walked away to the house. Fair enough, I had space. Although not exactly plenty, maybe 18 inches or so, I could squeeze through, just, but that didn't make him any less of a jerk who'd made my life harder for no real reason. I couldn't be bothered to argue, so I just carried on. And so here's where the revenge comes in. When I got back round to the back of the house, the builder and his mate were looking at the pergola. I heard him say to his mate, Dang it, we left the ladders at the yard, didn't we? I smiled knowing I had not one but two ladders in the back of my van that would be perfect for the job. I'd have happily lent them both. Always happy to help a fellow tradesman, but not this guy. He could have easily helped me, but decided to be a jerk instead. So no ladders for him. He did ask the homeowner if they had one, but he didn't. I got the feeling he knew he'd burned his bridges with me already because he didn't ask me. So I spent the afternoon working while watching these guys trying to dismantle a pergola from ground level. I watched them jumping up and down, stretching up with their drills at arm's length. They tried standing on flower pots. They tried and failed to actually climb up on the structure. They eventually settled on standing on his toolbox. I'm not sure the 8 inches or so lift they got from that was worth the bend it made in the lid, but it was at least enough to do the job. I guess they were desperate by that point. They were about 4 hours and 95% of the way into what should have been a max 2 hour job by the time I finished myself and made sure to leave my van doors open while I packed up so they could see the ladders in my van. I'm not sure they saw, I hope they did. I mean, I feel bad for the homeowner who paid I don't know how much money for these people to come out and do their job and they were ill-equipped. And it's a situation where they're also paying OP and it could have worked out nicely, but I totally understand OP not helping these other guys out, but it also kind of hurt the homeowner they were trying to help out too. Our next story is getting even with a middle school bully. I got picked on a lot in 6th grade when I started middle school. My parents were freshly divorced. I was in a new town, so I didn't know anyone, and I was a bit awkward. ADHD. That said, I was actually a pretty good kid from an adult's perspective. I didn't swear, nor look at adult entertainment, nor did I use drugs. I did, however, get in trouble at school from time to time. On one occasion, this big kid named Eric and his much shorter friend were in the hallway with me when no one else was around. He came up to me and said, 
Hey man, stop swearing at me, his buddy laughed. I didn't understand. I hadn't said so much as a word to him, ever. Huh? He went right back at it much louder. You're swearing at me. I didn't get it. Was he an idiot? I hadn't said anything, let alone swear. I moved on with my day and ignored him. The next day, I got called to the vice principal's office for swearing. Oh, brother. I did my best to make my case, but they called my mom. She vouched for me. I've never heard my boy utter a swear word in his entire life, my mother protested. You need to take off the rose-colored glasses, was the reply. I had two witnesses against me. What is a kid to do? They gave me detention. It felt so unfair. I'd been in trouble before, but that's when I deserved it. I was set up. Revenge is difficult to get on a kid that's a foot taller and twice your weight. It wasn't immediately obvious to me how to get... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market back at him but the desire to do so burned in me it was so unfair i didn't do anything that jerk i was reminded of that every time i saw him he'd smirk at me an opportunity came along later that semester i'd forgotten my locker combo so the office secretary slid the book with all the combos over and told me to look it up i couldn't believe it i still can't she must have been busy or something i got my combo and eric's Eric's books and backpack went missing shortly after. At the time, they were about $40 each to replace. He didn't know how it happened, so he wasn't prepared for my second raid a month or so later. I took his Palm Pilot and kept it. I didn't hear him complain about anything missing, but he did appear to be more anxious and less sure of himself. Eventually, I think he stopped using his locker altogether, but not before he replaced his books at least twice. After a while, I didn't see him in my hallway much anymore. In retrospect, he probably got a locker in a different area. I don't remember. I also don't remember him bothering me again. Note, this story is about 20 years old. Some of the specific details are fuzzy now. I don't remember exactly how I got his combo, for example, but the core facts of the story are true. Man, OP's going all the way back to the Palm Pilot days. I remember back when I was a kid in like elementary school when they would have book fairs, the most expensive things there were usually some kind of fancy PDA device and everybody's like, ooh, I want a PDA. There was just that stretch there from the late 90s all the way to the mid 2000s where PDAs were all the rage. You know, before phones became the do literally everything in one device. In fact, I think one of the selling points of the original iPhone is the fact that it could serve as a PDA. Our next story is Office KK. A few years ago, we were doing a workplace KK. For those that don't have this tradition, you basically buy a gift for someone in the office and say it's from Santa. So all gifts are anonymous, however everyone knows the person they're buying for. Everyone was supposed to spend approximately 15 British pounds. This turned out to be a well-received event for all involved, except for Paul. When Paul opened his present, he had received a packet of chips slash crisps. Literally a packet you can buy for one pound. Naturally, Paul wasn't the happiest man in the world. Someone was being a little tight. Cue the revenge. 
Paul, being the resourceful man that he was, managed to get the list of who gave what gift. Turns out that Steve was the one who gave Paul the gift. When the same event came around next year and Paul had active involvement in the process, Paul ended up with Steve as the person for his KK. Steve then received the exact same packet of chips that he had gifted Paul the year before. You know, I've never heard of such a function happening at workplaces, it sounds pretty cool. And before everybody finishes screaming, I am joking and I do know what Secret Santa is. Sadly, some people are straight up selfish and feel like they can hide in the anonymity of it. I remember back when I was a little kid in elementary school, we did a Secret Santa with our classmates. I think the limit was like $15, and I remember I was asking for Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which surely couldn't have been more than $5 to $10 max for a number of booster packs. The person who I got gifting for me said that they couldn't find it, and they just gave me like a $10 AM FM radio. I mean, I guess it was cool and all, but 8-year-old me just wanted to play with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Our next story is Union Chairperson and His Entitled Attitude. So I work in a union job where the de facto chairperson only holds his position because our old chair and vice chair left the shop. Tuesday afternoon, this piece of garbage decided that he would remove a handicap sign from a parking spot and put up a reserved sign for himself. There is no assigned parking spots on our lot, according to the company rulebook, except for emergency vehicles and, of course, handicapped spots. What rubbed me wrong was the spot he decided to claim, the closest to the building entrance. Never mind the handicapped spot, he is more important. Tuesday night, I work midnight shift, I went out and removed the sign less than 12 hours after it was put up. I was going to reinstall a handicap sign but couldn't find one. Now comes Wednesday morning while we're waiting out the time clock and he's benching to everyone that someone removed the sign and parked in his spot. I had to walk away to keep from bursting out laughing. At noon, I get a text saying to put the sign back or he'll call the police and show them the video. I have to add, the video is such poor quality it could double for moon landing videos in the 60s. An hour later, I get a call from his errand boy telling me the big boss wants to suspend me. So I call the big boss and tell him my side. He just doesn't really care to get involved. Tells me to just curse him out in the morning if he gets in my face. Also says there's no repercussions for removing the sign. Now we wait for the morning. Four hours to go. Update, the softy took off today, and management informed me a handicap sign will be reinstalled today. The day crew knew the whole story as it was unfolding yesterday. 275 people. Everybody applauded me for taking a stand against this garbage. Update, where can I post the text he sent me with threats of police involvement? Of course, I want to include his phone number so Reddit can make him want to smash his phone. Probably against some rules for doxing, but why not ask? As much as I'm sure OP would love his phone getting utterly blown up, I don't even know if such a thing would be necessarily legal. I mean, advertising somebody's phone number to get them just blown up like that? I mean, I don't know, does it violate a law? I mean, it might go against some kind of Reddit rule, even just in the subreddit you're in. That said, I think this is one of those situations where just about everybody is not going to be too upset about what OP did. Our next story is, enjoy your Christmas party, but don't be so loud. UK, over the last few nights I've been staying away at a Milton hotel due to work, and as it's the festive season there are plenty of Christmas parties going on. There was one in this hotel and I nipped down for a cheeky pint at the bar and it was busy and loud in the event space. Luckily I was staying on the 6th floor, so well away from any noise. Or so I thought. I was up early to get into work and went to sleep at a reasonable early hour. 
Around 1.30 a.m., I was woken to loud banging on what I thought was my door. Absolutely messing myself, I jump up in my birthday suit to have a peek through the peephole. I saw nothing. So I waited and two young lads were sneaking out of their room and banging on my next door neighbor and running back to their room. This happened twice while I stood there. I couldn't be bothered getting changed and then into debate with them. It was too late and I was well ticked off. Plus, they started running up and down the corridor, racing each other. I contemplated ringing reception, but then I had a brainwave. I looked at the phone at the side of the bed and realized you could call other rooms. The app for the Milton I was staying in showed what the room numbers were adjacent. I went to sleep with a plan, woke up at 6.30am and got ready to leave the room for checkout. I put on my best posh accent and called their room. The phone rang for quite some time with a groggy, tired voice on the other end. Hello? Hello, sir. I'm sorry to trouble you at such an early hour, but there's been an issue with the room payment. We urgently require you to come to reception to solve this issue, otherwise we may have to vacate your room. Okay, sir, I'll see you shortly. So I put the phone down and went to reception, checked out and got a coffee, and waited. Two minutes later, two lads who looked like they'd just been dug up walked into reception. I have no clue what was said or if they could chase the call I made and saw who done it as I walked out on the hotel as they were at the desk with a big smile on my face. Small victory for me. You wake me up early, I wake you up early. I think this is a pretty good revenge because you take a step back and it's relatively harmless, right? Like nobody was genuinely hurt. There shouldn't be some like big crazy blowout, it should just be like a misunderstanding type thing and then they waddle back off to their bed to sleep for the rest of this afternoon or until housekeeping tries to show up. Our next story is, person ghosted me for pet sitting. I inquired about a pet sitter on my local Facebook pet sitting group about a month ago. My boyfriend and I are going out of the country for a month on Sunday and need someone to look after our cat. Someone seemed really interested in it and I said right away if she wanted the job, she could have it. I was a little wary of her since I didn't know her and I would check with her every week, asking her random questions just to see if she was still going to do it for sure. The week before we're supposed to leave, she stops looking at my messages and stops replying. I'm waiting two days max before I asked my friend if she can look after our cat instead, and luckily she said yes. I was super upset that this girl can't even tell me she doesn't want the job anymore, and if I hadn't checked in with her and just trusted her to drop off my cat on that day, I would be absolutely screwed. So I told the pet sitting group admin about it, and she removed her from the group right away. I felt like that wasn't enough, and I was searching her name on Facebook and found out she had other side hustles like babysitting. I posted the situation on the main private babysitting in our area and said she wasn't trustworthy. The post was controversial because people said this has nothing to do with childcare. Another girl had come forward and said the same girl ghosted her after agreeing to babysit her son and she couldn't go to work. After that, the admin said she was kicking the girl out of the group. The admin sent me the private messages of her and the ghoster. The ghoster thought it was wrong for me to defame her. The admin was on my side and told her she wasn't trustworthy. I tried to say one last thing to the ghoster. I said, why is it so extremely hard for you to just say to someone, no, I can't do it anymore. So happy to have justice. You can't go around treating people that way and screwing them over and expect nothing to happen. Have a great day. She finally replied and said, freak off. 
Overall, I'm not surprised what happened happened. I'm just glad that these groups actually have administration that actually does stuff and monitors it. I feel like most of these circles would be set up by somebody at one point and then it's just left to kind of rot and mold and you just kind of try to take what you can get when you reach out and put feelers out in these kinds of groups. Our next story is got back at a coworker who can't be bothered to listen to directions. I have a coworker that I sort of oversee that repeatedly disregards the schedule, falls asleep while working, disappears during shifts, and is generally a pot stirrer. The department I work in puts up stockings with everyone's names on them, and we fill them up with little stuff like candy or lotion or whatever. This year, I made little stud earrings out of resin. This particular coworker loves earrings, boasts about having over a hundred pairs. So for her stocking, I put one earring on the card along with a blank post like the earring just fell off somewhere. I also didn't put my name on any of the cards, so she'll have no idea who did it either. This is definitely a bit fiendish because surely they're going to want to like to try to look for it. But any rational human is going to see this situation and realize it's almost impossible to just scan the floor around the entire place where they work or something trying to find one little earring. Maybe if you guys have like a lost and found, they would try to monitor the situation there. I mean, I'm just wondering how far they would go to waste their time trying to find the other half of this missing earring. Our next story is kick me out, have fun finding your license. So my sister and her fiancé are kicking me out because the fiancé, Kay, and I don't get along. She's a verbally abusive woman who yells constantly at my sister and I don't stand for it. Well, there was an argument between me and Kay, and it caused her to begin throwing things and even hit our dog. Let it be known that Kay drives a lot and is also an avid vapor, so she needs her license and ID with her. Doing laundry the other day, I found her license in the washer. I put it in an obvious but hidden place to be safe from our dog. I tried to be cordial and let her know about it today, but she's had a very bad attitude with me, so I've decided to keep it hidden and not tell her where it's at. All I have to do now is wait for her to go drive and end up pulled over. In a situation like this, if you're the sister and you know your sibling stole and hidden your ID somewhere, is it an abuse of services to call the non-emergency line and report that your sibling has stolen and hidden your ID somewhere? Like that you know they've done it and they will not help you out? Is it too petty that the cops just wouldn't want to even begin to get involved in such a thing? This next story is, no need to be a jerk. Many years ago, I worked in a hotel which had an underground parking garage. The hotel was old and the garage was small, so parking was a problem at times. I was stopping by on my day off at about 7pm to pick up my check, and I pulled in, partially blocking off a few cars. They could still get out, but even I would be annoyed. As I was walking away, a group of three walked up to one of the cars. I said, hey, are you leaving? I'm just going in real quick, but if you need me to move, I can. In true D-bag fashion, the driver and leader of the group said, yeah, you better move. What the freak, dude? I was just trying to be nice. He gets something out of his car, doesn't move it at all, and proceeds to walk back up the ramp inside. The entire time he's saying stuff like, when I tell you to get out of the way, you better move and move quick. I went in through the kitchen and got what I needed, came back out with my two friends, this was in the 1990s, and this butthats car and had hubcaps. I took my tire iron and pulled all of his hubcaps off. I took all of his lug nuts and put the caps back on. Being under 21, we went and bought a 12 pack of beer and went to a park at the end of the road. A few hours later we drove by when leaving the area, 
and a tow truck was trying to pull him out of the parking garage and not having an easy time of it. We were slightly intoxicated and laughed. I'm wondering if OP means by many years ago, they mean so long ago that there was a great chance that there wasn't a very good, if at all, security cam there. I just feel like if you try to pull this stunt nowadays, chances are you're going to be on some kind of camera view pulling this guy's lug nuts off, which also just sounds like a very weird sentence to say in general. So with that said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.